Welcome to the Integral Being podcast, a podcast where we explore integrated wisdom in a complex and fragmented world. I'm your host, Gregor Steinmauer, therapist, group facilitator, working with individuals, groups, and executives on transformation and an integrated and trauma-informed approach to life. My conversation partner is David Lyon. David is a coach for self-employed creative professionals and has been helping me with my online presence for the last years. In addition to that, he has been an important sparring partner in the creation of various online trainings and inspiring conversations such as this podcast. In this episode, David and I talk about the concept of polarity and how that applies itself to intimate relationships between men and women. And what are the pitfalls and maybe shadow elements that can happen when we apply this as a very simplistic perspective on, on relationships and how it can actually help us navigate and grow through relating and relationships. And then we also go on to explore and speak a bit about what can happen when we don't have a larger orientation that holds us in the experience of intimate relationships and how we can find something that is a greater orientation or um, something that's larger than just the experience of relating that includes the masculine and the feminine in both their contributions in an equal but different way. Like one thing that continues to trip me up is very often in this world of like when they when people talk about like feminine, masculine, and so on, somehow I I I don't always see the difference between like the feminine pole and being a child. And what what I mean by that is like the the, the woman is supposed to open up and surrender and show all of her emotions. And uh, the man is supposed to create a container of trust and safety and, and hold all of the intensity that she brings to the table. And so there, there's a point where I don't see the clear difference between this and the, the dynamic between a parent and a child. And so, yeah, I'm just super curious to hear your, your thoughts on these topics. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting, especially the bit the, the the bit at the end. What's the difference between I would then say between receptivity and submission, or what what is real surrender? What is submission from an unhealthy place, or what is regression, like being in a lesser state of capacity or agency? or difference of power. And so these are important elements that often get fused together when we use a simple framework like the masculine and the feminine, the active and the receptive pole. Because again, we, we use these words, but we actually trying to describe many, many, many different states that have certain similarities or like fall towards a similarity in spectrum but that not necessarily are the same so you can be receptive like you said from a place of power in the feminine and but it's like a willful decision that comes out of an empowered stance because that speaks to the deeper essence of how i want to live my life and it opens me to something that maybe i don't even know yet that's one way of being receptive or in the feminine rather than being in a place where I don't have a choice. Like a child doesn't have a choice rather than being receptive at first in the larger structure of life in comparison to an adult. And uh, that might look like the same, but it's a fundamentally different state inside because one is out of choice. The other one is no choice and that creates all the difference in the, in the way we are we are structured because if i potentially am an adult and i my system knows i i actually 
have choice and I, I can live with choice, but I don't um, access that or I feel placed, like I place myself in a place where I don't have choice. Um, like I, in a relationship, I abandon my own power and I just surrender in a, let's say, submissive kind of way to the masculine or the man or whatever is the structure, then um, it's not empowering. It's not bringing me closer to my essence. It actually will take me further away from my essence. So that's just one, one short example of why this is quite complicated when we then use one framework, masculine, feminine, this is what the man does, this is what the woman does, and this is what the higher order of polarity in life looks like. Because we always need to look who is talking and from what in a place am I talking and also in what phase of life I'm, am I in in that moment. Because the one true thing is not the one true thing. The one true thing is true in many different ways, according to who that person and that dynamic and that relationship is in that moment. Yeah. And also, I think what you were saying is like, then it sounds like there is the masculine and there's the feminine. And sometimes it also gets simplified by like, this is how men are, this is how women are, while we male, female, men, women, we all have feminine and masculine dynamics within ourselves. We all have active and receptive um, energies and poles within ourselves and that they express themselves in biology in different forms, like sexually. But what then gets misunderstood or maybe left out of that simple equation is that, um, so as a man, I have my active dimension, which is my like my sexual pole as a man, as a biological man expresses itself like in a positive and positive negative is here more like the magnets, more like a way of expression of energy. It's not better or worse or anything like this. Like not at all. Um, but just like as an active principle. And so um, that is my, my active principle in my base. And people can look up this. There is this very uh, simple, but very fundamentally, I think, helpful um, polarity charts from Taoism, where this is explained and, and structured in the way it looks in the body. So my sexual center as a man, as a biological man is active, but I also have a, a, a receptive pole, which is the heart in as, as a biological man and that is important to understand because that is equally as important as the other part and if i only say as a man you got to be in your active role and you support and you take care and you are clear and you invite your woman into your purpose in which then the larger sphere of the relationship can rest and contain the emotions and all of what you just said beautiful things but that's just half of the equation. So as a woman, as a biological um, female, she's structured in a receptive, negative, meaning receptive pole, also how her genitalia are structured in her you know, pelvis, in your sex center, but she's active um, in her heart. And if that works well, you create a circle of, of what's then actually the, the deeper meaning of polarity is not just this and this, it's a cycle and a circle that regenerates and creates life. And I think that's very important because so as men, like you said, then we have an idea that being active, being in the masculine means like <laughs> invulnerable, Superman, closed chest, active um, sex presence and withstanding all the, the dramas and the powers and the changes of life and just being the rock solid kind of um, guy that just steers through the stormy weathers. Beautiful, but um, there is not much space for the orientation. Where is your receptivity and where is your, also where is your heart in that? And that's for, for men and for, for us as men, the heart, which is like the access to, to deeper, to the inside, to the inner world, sensations and feelings, and often like the, 
the deeper meaning of emotions, love, not just purpose, but love, relational um, orientation is, is more delicate. And that's why we maybe also don't talk so much about it and also sometimes shield our heart very much because it's delicate. And then you get into a place of receptivity, which is like, you don't know what to do with it at first. If you're not, if you haven't learned how to, um, to navigate that. And then it's it's more comfortable to just to stay with the, the active principle. And for a woman, of course, that's her more naturally, let's say, comfortable place to be in. It's also a place of power in a way. And that's, you can also see that in, in relationships, often that men then feel emotionally maybe um, pressured or inferior or get, in, get, get afraid because they can't match kind of like that same strength. And again, this is like general brush strokes, but, um, and we're maybe not, we haven't learned to be so comfortable that it's also okay in some points to be receptive to mean, that means that I, I lean back and maybe somebody else is stronger and actually can guide me. And if that receptivity is not experienced as a beautiful thing or as a safety, like as something that's safe to open, then you guide it. And then it's like one exchange of energy doesn't work. It's like somebody tries to come with, with a water flow towards you, but you brace yourself against it. The heart closes and there's more pressure. And then the woman says, but he's not emotionally available. And uh, recently I heard this again, actually from a woman, which I found beautiful, just in a very succinct way, like that, the same way that men don't have, uh, are not entitled that a woman opens her sexuality, her pelvis to a man. And this was like the, what actually the women's liberation had to fight for, like that there is not an entitlement, even um, like in a legal framework, how it would be seen before that it's almost like a man has a entitlement over a woman's body if they're getting married. So there is no entitlement. It can only be granted by permission. And it's of fundamental importance to understand. And we're still violating these things or still negotiating this understanding. But in the same way, if we look at this um, from the principle of the Taoist or, or polarity um, wisdom, um, that in the same way a woman doesn't have an entitlement over the emotionality, the receptivity of a man's heart. And I think this is less understood that you cannot just say like, but you need to open emotionally, share your world with me. It's the way a relationship will flourish when it happens. And if it does not happen, it will have serious consequences nobody will feel satisfied because that's the kind of the water and the nourishment and the where a man also gets nourished also um to actually be in his power if he can take in love from here if you can take in love you can channel that into a force of life-giving force into uh, into your relationship and into all that you do and into a relationship with your woman the woman can channel that in a way that she can again give love so simplistically speaking but but it's not an entitlement that you can claim or like uh demand it's again it's something that needs permission and it's something that i've seen a lot of relationships fall into the trap that it's quite clear that the sexuality aspect of um like a woman's sex cannot be it needs to be granted permission to right but then this is happening and then the next layer comes and then um, maybe the man needs time or is wounded from previous experiences and all our experiences with like growing up with our mothers and so forth like this where this was often not respected so he's shy with his heart to open 
It means also to let her into her heart or her his inner workings. And then it would come often, not always, but it would then often come like as a, as a complaint, like as if this is something that he has no right to. And I've seen this a lot in, 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 in working with couples. And there is a, a, a strong trend of with that would kind of um, a lot like finding loyalty with that claim. It's like, of course, he has to also open his heart. How can he be so guarded? True, it would be good for him, but if he doesn't feel um, safe and that if that need for protection is not respected, it will not make it easier to really open up. The same way like if a woman would say no to not wanting to have intimacy, it will not just get better by, by putting more pressure. So on that level, we really understand it by now, but on, on that next emotional level we're not really that clear yet about it and so making this long overture to also say that there is there is naturally a place where every human being including men will feel vulnerable in relationships and um, which does not mean that you cannot and shouldn't have your act together in that regard of like where you stand as a man and then connect to your power but if the relationship actually has any kind of significance, it will bring you also to places where you do feel vulnerable, where you do feel afraid, where you feel shaky, where you feel weak, where your old woundings come up and so forth. And the confusion is that this shouldn't be happening or that this says something about you not being in your male power, but that's not the case. The invitation is more like, how do I relate to that within myself? Can I let that kind of like sink into my base, into my power, into my own grounding and knowing this is here and make that a relational experience, which can be actually extremely healing for both. Same like a woman might open herself sexually and then a lot of fears and insecurities, shame, like there's so much stuff that we all carry in our bodies personally and like culturally and collectively of stored pain, distortions, wound, disrespect, abuse, blah, like it's just so much. So the, quality, the question is not what am I going to do with or should, do I have a choice about vulnerability, shame and all these things to come up? No, I don't have a choice. If I open up, things will come up. The quality is how do I work with this then within myself like a woman also grounding herself in her own um, power and also in her uh, own connection to her strength and not just abandoning herself into the, into the man and making it a relational experience that actually what gets opened has also potential for healing if it's met with presence and with care and with love. And that we don't need to shy away from oh we went too far because now something got uncomfortable or push over and it shouldn't be there and there's a there's a strong energetic demand on the other to be different and of course we do that then very strongly with ourselves or even first Yeah, what you're saying makes a lot of sense to me and adds a layer of complexity or creates a fuller picture. Um, I mean, part of what you're saying is obvious for me in the sense that I cannot lead, I cannot be in the masculine if I'm not able to take in what's outside. Like, and for example, like, this guy that I told you about, Chris Bay, like he would agree. Like, of course, if if you're not receptive to what's going on outside of you, I mean, you cannot lead. You just push over things. Um, yeah, maybe I'm curious to hear more about. Um, so, because it it absolutely makes sense to me that. Yeah, of course, like 
you cannot be invulnerable. Like that's just not being in relationship. But somehow the, the way that I translate these polarity teachings in myself is that the feminine pole like somehow has a like a stronger drive to express and to um <laughs> just to be this whirlwind of different experiences and like easily jumping from one thing to the next and like in one moment you're crying and in the next you're ecstatically screaming whatever whereas the masculine pole would be more like as if almost like deeper down in the body somehow like more And maybe this is the place where it trip, trips me up, like more self-reliant in a way. <laughs> and, and this in particular, actually, Chris Bell talks about is like this quality of self-sufficiency. And then maybe to add some nuance, and if you need, you know, emotional support, just not have it be all your partner, like have other places for emotional support so that the relationship doesn't turn into like a mother-son thing or yeah and I think this is the place where it's like yeah I guess it's so obvious that there's no one size fits all thing like you cannot just like in broad strokes say this is how men and women are supposed to relate but I notice like this is where I crash against things right well, this also makes sense and it also relates back to what you said like so that this looks like maybe more self-reliant and the feminine less self-reliant and maybe less mature because there is this like expressivity of emotions that is more in the moment and which we would associate also with being a child and we would associate with being adult with like having learn to constrain oneself more um, to not follow just impulses and like orient to our, our larger goals and focus and learn to to kind of like put perspective on things so true again like we're in a complex territory because we're not just talking about masculine and feminine but also what i would say are we talking about mature like immature and mature expressions of these polarities which you we all have and plus a lot of cultural luggage plus a lot of unhealthy variations of what we call maturity or adult and negative projections of what 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 uh, what is a childlike state plus an over emphasis in our modern culture on self-reliance which is important and it can create when it gets overly emphasized it can turn into what we have now as our hyper individualistic slightly disconnected isolated experience of reality that the best thing is actually if i don't need anything and that's kind of like a hallmark of development that would be cool if i need a little bit less and actually a little bit less and i'm not so much dependent on and so again <laughs> it, it becomes quite uh complicated as well so what i think it's, it's beautiful what you have like these struggles which of course i have as well like everybody else you need to you need to find out you need to walk the territory and these principles are here to give us orientation and kind of help us know what we are practicing because if you don't have any orientation it's very hard to practice because you don't know what you're orienting with and so i would just clarify what you said so that not that the feminine is more expressive and the masculine again is more like stoic or deeper grounded there's different elements of expressions of life that maybe are structured like this as the feminine is um, which maybe then gets emphasized in women, but again, feminine as a, as a polarity and 
a man can choose to live through that kind of setup as well, it will just add another layer of complexity because you need to navigate that with your biological setup because that creates a certain, um, like something is locked in. So not a discussion. Um, so if you're, the, the feminine is more- Sorry, Can you clarify what you just said? That wasn't clear to me. That if you're living in a biological reality as a man, let's say, because then your polarity is structured in a way, as I said before, that your power and your active pole is in your sexuality and your receptive pole is in your heart and your emotional world. If you, of course, like in a, you can, a man, and there is many men are doing that, either to not live in that stronger polarity where this feels more balanced, or you can also live either by transitioning really into um into another gender or just from your orientation live it in a different way of course that's fully possible but it just gets more challenging or you need i think more 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 tools even to navigate that because you you need to navigate that or negotiate it with your biological reality which is a reality which is not that it should be staying like this of course you can transition but you need to know that you're changing something and the possibility is fully there, but that's what we have in our world now. There's more and more possibilities, creates more <laughs> options, but it can also create more confusion because you're playing with more and more variables. Is that more clear? Yeah. Um, so what I would say then, like the feminine is more expressive with emotions, feelings, uh, relational qualities of love appreciation also more tapped into this kind of like fluidity of life through an emotional world let's say or orientation like not so much just moving with the objects of life but also with the, the fluidity between the objects the changes of, of life so there it might look like more expressive more volatile more whatever and that for a man can be more um vulnerable especially if we had a history where that wasn't safe like in our growing up where emotionality was a source of of discomfort maybe abuse or we hadn't experienced that at all so it also scares us and then but it's the same kind of expressiveness that, that the masculine has with purpose and doing things in the world. You know, It's not like that we're less active and more stoic. We're, we're doing stuff all the time, building rockets and flying to the moon and shooting stuff to Mars and building and changing the planet like all the time. There's like a lot of expressivity going on, but it's more in that kind of like um, down to earth matter changing things kind of world which for women can be scary because like this is, is needing to do stuff all the time. So we have different places where we feel more at home and express more naturally. And then again, it's important to look where is this drive in a particular person or in a society coming from? Is this really from a healthy, um, connection to to life because i want to create because that's beautiful and i have a purpose and the purpose is guided by something and so i i i put my energy in alignment with this so i create things or is this coming from a restlessness of like needing to prove myself like kind of like a restless expression of my energy because i cannot ground myself and because also we we lost touch with why we we're actually doing stuff in the um in the masculine side like it's just this life there's nothing else and so we're 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 like running like and uh in a hamster's wheel kind of thing the more we run the faster we have the impression we need to go or and same in the feminine is my expression of emotionality coming from a surrender and a kind of like suspending the more masculine rational constraining ideas that life has to be fixated in a certain way 
that it feels mature, like suspending that. It's like there is movement, there is ongoing like um, change in the world. And I, my power as a feminist to kind of fall into that current of life. And this is what comes through, but I still take responsibility for how this, how I express myself, or is this coming from a place of just a narcissistic, young, unintegrated place of like calling my my emotionally unworked places like the goddess, and now you're gonna have to face <laughs> my irrationality and my lack of responsibility. So it's it's the the the, the simple labels don't don't work so well i think they need to be examined like who's using the label for what is this helping me to embody deeper how i'm meant to be in this life or am i using it as weapons for my arsenal of like defending my egoic impulses and needs or in this, for example, also in the in the masculine, as I said, like I have to be more stoic because I'm maybe fucking scared of expressing anything emotional, and becoming very solid was the last defense I had in a maybe emotionally volatile environment, and it's the way I, I, I guard my heart and call it presence. So. <laughs> um, and to my work with couples or and also with men, that's 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 the work I think is very important to disentangle where our unconscious make use of concepts that have truth to it, but become the next level of sophisticated weapons. And we are all doing that all the time. And uh, that's why there is often a level of time when you learn about new concepts, you get inspired, like, wow, that makes sense. And you, you, you practice and you teach and you grow with that. Um, and there's a phase where you need to let that go because, or life will tell you <laughs> through graceful interventions, mostly coming from outside and other people are often willing <laughs> to take on that role, relationships, um, that you got stuck with the concept and now what you learned before became the next layer how you defend yourself against life and and growth and change so it's not we we get identified with the concepts in order to learn them that's fine and there's a call to also widen them again and sometimes it feels painful because now it worked so beautifully and like it really explained how it works and now i have to let it go and you let it go and then if you keep going and you're sincere about it, you will pick it up in a more refined version again. And I think that process will go on forever. Yeah, this this touches me when you say that. That I mean, <laughs> I've experienced this so often that there's a time for a concept to really work and inspire me and like help me orient. And somehow I have the sense, I don't know if that's true, but it's my subjective perception is that my system quite quickly <laughs> comes to the place of like, and now it starts feeling constricting. And now I'm starting to, instead of the concept trying to help me map my experience, it's like my experience now has to fit into this concept. <laughs> and it brings up a lot of resistance and like struggle. And yeah, then like I knew, do know these moments of letting go of these concepts and labels, which feels really scary and vulnerable and like, well, but what's my orientation then? Um, yeah, and I also know how, how freeing it can feel. And still what comes up for me when you kind of describe like, how the feminine tends to express and how the masculine tends to express in terms of like emotionality, fluidity for the feminine and like more grounded uh, interacting with matter uh, for the masculine. Like, what does that mean for relationships? Because the way you describe how the feminine expresses is relational. 
So like, what, 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 what does that mean for relationships? How does that? How does that affect the relational space between, say, a man and a woman who feel somewhat clear that, you know, like, let's leave this layer out of like, do I want to live my masculine or not? Like, let's say that like both man and woman are somewhat clear that they're comfortable with <laughs> their biological uh, sex. Right. So can you say again, what do you mean? Like, how does that translate into relationship? Like, well, because that obviously the, 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 these two poles then don't come equally into the space. Like one of those is like, it's at home in this space. And the other one is at, at least like less home in that space. Ah, okay. So that means if I understood you right, the question would be, or the assumption is that meeting and engaging in relationship is already meeting in the you're already meeting in the ring of the feminine yeah right? you're already you're already, <laughs> yeah. you already walk in like into a foreign territory and it's like it's like almost you walk into a battle with a with a with a handicap but challenge already yes i mean and it doesn't have to be a battle but it can also be a dance but still like the the roles are not equal and so it's like what do you do with that yeah that's 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 really cool so i, I would just not come in immediately with how i see that but more like i want to just give presence to that voice and to that i would say fear and i think that's i would maybe even call a collective voice of fear of men like and it's maybe that place that we spoke before of the wounded heart in man speaking that says there is the world of doing and stuff and changing matter. And I know how to do that. But once I engage with a woman after the first great moments of where hormones are taking care that everything's good and I feel fine when it really enters relational space and reality, I'm actually not at home and um, and I, I put a bit of, of a, I exaggerate just to make it more clear and, and, and nuanced. I, I'll be, I'm, I'm challenged and I'm not equal and I will never be therefore fully safe or feel like I can contribute as much and have full my full agency and i think that that voice is super powerful because if we would take that serious and not as a description of the reality how polarity works but a description of the experienced lived reality of a lot of man generations whatever how far back we want to look of man's experiences in relationships, I think that it's very powerful in a way that it would explain how men, again, stereotypically, would defend, shy away, um, kind of like devalue relational experiences in the feminine because they're not feeling safe and you cannot tolerate that feeling they, you don't feel safe and you feel a bit helpless and one thing that we have that humans will not do is to live in that state forever you will find a way to make to try to change that around because it's very destructive we cannot tolerate it well let me just add one thing to what you said that is like all you said like it's it's i feel inferior and so on unless i abandon somehow like something in me to be able to navigate that space like that's the choice that i have and that abandoning that something in myself would be then 
maybe like that <laughs> the part that's not that interested in relationships or like that that looks yeah. at it somehow differently that that looks at this like way more pragmatically and um yeah doesn't and doesn't doesn't want to engage that much it like it's like not that it doesn't have a place but it's like something else matters somehow more and so the only way that i can really like function in the relational space is if i leave out that part which is almost like an expression of this part <laughs> like not being able to really relate to like all the different parts and being to navigate that but to be like what's well, either this or that <laughs> yeah and again i want to welcome really that 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 voice that expresses something i don't think that's how it is but that's a very strong place that probably a lot of people would agree it's like of course that's how it is so we, we 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 speak or you speak from a structure that's that exists in the world now i would say what you describe is like the place that you let like uh, abandoning yourself is your power or your, your your rootedness as a man in your masculinity which is again a cultural counter movement that we have experienced which is good and bad at the same time and doesn't really matter how what, what label we give it it's just what happens in life and now let's see what we do with it that a lot of more men your my generation already before learned to kind of pull their energy a bit away from the base and train more the heart and become maybe very proficient in this relational world and create safety there, which is noble at first because you, you just expand capacity. But if it's done in a way that you train something here in order to compensate something else or not touch something else, which is your power, your purpose, your drivenness, your goal orientation, your masculine orientation in life, it will backfire and it always does because you're you basically you cannot live on your negative pole only and it will hurt your your own body often also hurt like it has an effect and it will have an effect on the relationship because now you're you're safe there but there is there's like it's like two poles that want both want to transmit two pole pluses of a magnet wanting to engage with each other they can talk with each other nicely because they understand each other um, but it will not create flow of energy so it needs that link again like a positive and a negative to make that a, a flow and so that's now the other version of maybe what i said before how men have learned to navigate that feeling of not being safe so the one was by in a way devalue the feminine make that lesser so that in um i call it like you're not you're not equal coming into the relational arena is less dangerous less threatening and it can be very active violent or just you know just the, the subtle like devaluing of the feminine of women just as a little bit less i mean we had so much of this that women couldn't get uh, certain jobs like weren't deemed uh, intellectually as capable as men whatever like one million reasons or ways we did that or now the, the other movement is like okay then i try to become equal in that way but that has another <laughs> side effect and so the way i would look at it if we're not just looking at this hurt lens of polarity i would say there is a design of life that is unflawed that again in the taoist principles there is the, the yin and the yang that basically speak of that polarity which also has a very important counterpart that in the yan in the yang and in the yin there is a center and a very important element of the opposite within itself and 
only that creates like the circle of life and light that sustains all life. And so I would not agree with that the relational experience when a man and a woman, the masculine and the feminine come together is already the, the relational experience of the feminine and the masculine is like a weird element that how has to fit into that tent. It's like now you're, you're needing to go into that territory. It's kind of like, oh my God. Like, and I, I go in there because like life's pushing me, but I can't wait to get out of there again and go, go to my real home <laughs> and I need to go hunting and then I need to go. So <laughs> that would be a bit weird. Let's say if life is built and it's almost like man would be sentenced to deal with something in life that's just <laughs> fundamentally not right for them. But I think that there is a certain truth to it that um, both have to learn something about that's foreign to them to some degree or not as natural to some degree in engaging in relationship. And relationship is not just talking about emotions, it's also building a house, taking care of the kids, uh, guarding your territory. So when a man writes out, you know, more like... <laughs> archaic kind of like picture speaking rights out to defend the territory or guards the guards the village he's engaged in relationship because what is he doing it for for his own sake but also for his sake for his family his wife his ancestors his children and so forth it's a relational um movement that that activates that part of the protector for example the conqueror or the the hunter very strong so when he's out hunting, he's not just doing it for himself. He's out hunting to bring it back to, to sustain his family. But, but then from and that view, everything is relational. Every, that is true. Like, but then like, but, but, but then like you could just continue the distortion and say, well, the way that the man, the, that a man or the masculine relates is by following his purpose and being out in the world and, uh, taking care of his family that is true but that doesn't like heal the, the split i think but that it does, still means but... that when he's with his woman he still feels inferior because that's what she feels at home at and he feels at home at like doing stuff and making sure that that you know the the container is being taken care of yeah but okay let, let, let's see I'm not, try, I'm not trying to convince you of something, but I, that's, a, that's a, a general orientation that I hold that for me makes the deepest sense in relationship to life, that everything is relationship, uh, relational, like everything. There is nothing as an isolated experience in this universe. It just doesn't exist. Even if you go, if you go into physics, into biology, it's, it's all relational interconnectedness interconnected experiences of life with different expressions so in the experience of the masculine and the feminine again it's not that the man then comes like he's expressing his relationality by hunting only and once he comes back to his woman he needs to abandon his masculine and now is in there because it sounds a bit then like he's <laughs> he's like he needs to bow his head and cower and kind of like be subjugated and uh, endure the time of being in an emotional relational space um and then it also doesn't mean that it's only the question of how the man relates to that it's also how the woman relates to that of course a female or a woman can have that same distorted perspective and now the power turn like the power is turned and now you're in my turf and now you will not feel safe here and you will make i will make you feel how it is to feel inferior which i maybe feel in other places of power and so that then that is true then and has been often very much true but there is a not an equal meeting of powers that express itself differently that creates something else uh, more beautifully together but that there is a, a fight over domains of power that kind of like shift like who's in whose kingdom or queendom at which times, which when that works well, we also call it a stable relationship or a good relationship. 
if the agreements is in, in such a way that they're not fighting all the time about it, but like they um, surrender to that. That's like a, a good arrangement. And that's also also beautiful because there's also the, the there's also principles at work there, but what I would call a next level of experiencing polarity in a more flourishing kind of way is that the relational space is not within the feminine, but the relational space is what is being created by two forces coming to go together in a larger orientation of life because when when relationships are the end to life you're in trouble like with everything if you're it's like the man doesn't know for what he's fighting for you're in trouble because fighting in itself is no end relating in itself is also no end it's almost like the the sacred um perspective of marriage that you come together in front of a congregation that witnessed something in front of God or whatever you call the, the sacred domain. And through that, something larger is being created. And that's the relational field or the, the field that holds relationality and purpose at the same time. So the, the relationship itself is being created. And then it's not that one is in the relational field and the other comes and joins. It's two creating this together, but by bringing what they have to bring in order that something else is being created. If both bring the same, it has less magnetic charge. It has less capacity of, of manifestation also. So if both bring difference, but meeting as equals in the difference, something else is created that has a quality that neither of them alone can manifest. And then, of course, biologically, children are the most um, concrete example of this, that something else is being created that is different than either of them and sustains life. And in a, in a spiritual dimension, that uh, a field of energy, of love, of purpose is being created that sustains both of them and nourishes them and inspires them and challenges them and helps them to grow in a way that none of them could, could create and develop by themselves. And that this is infused um, by something larger, by a higher purpose or a higher orientation, which is not the masculine orientation of going away from, from relationality so I can finally do my thing again, but by like surrendering my deepest expression of being male, of being masculine or of being a woman, being feminine into something that I cannot do by myself and let that transform me and work through me. Yeah, this, this is really helpful. It helps me see that I, I guess what happens for me sometimes in the relational space is that this greater like this, why are we relating that this kind of collapses, that I'm not connected to it, even though I know like super important for me and also for my partner. But I think this is where this kind of like foreignness comes in. It's like, okay, we're here just for the sake of relating to each other. And then it's, it's really, it's not satisfying for me. Like it's something about, okay, like great emotions and stuff come up and, uh, but something is missing. And I think this, what you just said is helpful. That's like, yeah, of course. Like if, yeah, I guess, I guess just, I don't know that many relationships where this, this uh, gets its place. This kind of like, why the hell are we together? Like, we don't have to, why are we doing this? 
And then it also creates a very different container for the challenges that come up. It's like, well, yeah, of course, if that is like the greater kind of uh, orientation that we agree on, upon, then yeah, it makes sense that stuff comes up and it's kind of a good thing. Exactly. And that's the recurring theme in all our conversations again and again without a larger orientation of life. You will run in circles at some point because you cannot answer the question, why are we together mentally or from a rational perspective or finding logical reasons for it? Because you can't. You can make up things that will maybe last for a while, but eventually they're not asking that exist, they're not answering that existential domain. And they're not supposed to. It's you use your mind and your relation, your rationality and your, your logic and your mental capacities to equip you to walk a path that has been chosen from a different place, from a wider place in yourself. And you surrender to that. It's the old story that the mind is a very good servant, but a terrible master. Yeah. And if that gets confused, a lot of symptoms are being created that cannot be really answered, but they need to be corrected by being embraced by a, a larger dimension, whatever that whatever that is. Because there's not it's not like that this one orientation will, will do it for you. It's, it's like you're asked to find that in your heart's resonance, what that is for you. Mm -hmm. And couples that are together and they're thriving, they're not just also having a found a workable agreement. So it just, kind of okay and and i have no argument with that people doing amazing jobs let's say at being together and also in, in just just being together you know raising a family making sure kids are well like that's um you don't have to but if people are really interested in thriving and flourishing and, and growing as an individual and as an individual surrendering to um life then you need that place in yourself. It's almost otherwise you, you, don't, you don't nourish, you don't still the hunger of a, of a deep, deep place in your soul. And again, so if, if couples are, are, are thriving together, you see, and sometimes it's conscious, sometimes it's not even so conscious, you see that there is something that they have in place for this. There's something larger that guides them through. And that's why they can navigate difficulties, disappointments, conflicts, you know, like things where you really feel like, why am I doing this? Or you, you look from the outside, like, why? You know, why is he, she, whatever doing that? And I'm not meaning like enduring abusive situations, but like giving oneself to something and, um, deep down something in them knows why they're doing it and like um, that saying goes if you know why you can go through a lot if you don't know why it gets very difficult very soon yeah and i think this relating without a greater why is a good expression of like a feminine shadow of just like something missing there. Yeah. As if the counterpart to the over emphasis on masculine individualism would be just to just be relational for the sake of it. Because the feminine also has shadows, <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> we need to say it the feminine uh, also has shadows <laughs> yeah it's a, and i mean most people listening to this would be already fully aware to it but it's just less spoken because sometimes it's less covert and not so overt in its kind of like expressions of what what is not working 
or what is uh, more immature expressions of it. Um, but that's what we are, I think, that's what a lot of people are working through. And it will, yeah, I think we will also like understand more and more how to bring that into the arena. And a lot of people are hungry for, and, but it doesn't help like pointing out at the other, pointing to the other, what's the problem over there. It's helpful to understand myself, helpful to notice and find my relationship to it. That's the place where I really grow. Yes. Okay. Thank you. This has been enlightening. Well, then it already served its purpose. Doesn't need to be uploaded now. <laughs>